welcome to Keep It Athena Company. My name is Athena Kablenu. I'm a stand-up comedian, writer, and new mum. Being a mum is fantastic, as I'm sure some of you will know from having listened to my previous podcasts, but things do get a bit repetitive. I do create some <laughs> adult conversation. So every now and again, I invite around a fantastic and special and dear friend to come around and keep my company. This week, I've invited somebody who might be the most fabulous person I know. And I know a lot of fabulous people, so that's a big deal. Uh, but welcome to my kitchen, Gavino Davino. Hello. Am I saying it right? It's, it's, it doesn't sound right in my accent. <laughs> Gavino Davino. Gavino Davino. Not <laughs> I should be like, Gavino Davino. I should say it with a bit of a... Is it? Is it it's Italian. Davino's Italian, right? Davino's definitely Italian. But I, should I say it in an Italian accent? Gavino Davino. I mean, let's just say, hi, this is my friend Gavino Davino. Gavino <laughs> my friend I don't want to culturally appropriate <laughs> no I, I'm, I'm up for appropriation honey uh, sounds like, but say, say it in your in your voice Gavino Divino I say that sounds beautiful like it's doing things for me <laughs> yeah, when I yeah when I say it it just sounds like I'm, I'm selling I'm selling like a newspaper Gavino Divino Gavino Divino Gavino Divino Gavino let me ask you let's start how are you what are you up to how am I I'm well I'm yeah. feeling uh ferocious and empowered and like nothing can stop me on my quest for goodness that's how I feel really yes great <laughs> <laughs> quite dramatic I, but uh, that's my that's my thoughts why do you feel so why do you feel where do you get this confidence from and can I get it yeah um, let me just um, I'll do it on Amazon Prime um, yeah. just give you a dress no I think um, I think where this confidence comes from just comes from understanding that you know the good and the bad all of it is all valid and let's bring it out into the open and let's bring up people with us. This I is this is very introspective. Let's start again. The good and the bad is all valid. The good and the bad is all valid. Yeah, that's very true. Expand on this for me. Gosh. Well, I think coming to London, seeing... From where? From Birkenhead. 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 It's all size. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I've been here for, been here for four years now. So. <laughs> That's baby. <laughs> That's baby. That's baby trying to do your little Pugnian accent. You're right, girl. So, yeah, I've been in London for four years now. And um, I think coming to London, there is so much pressure to be seen to be busy. Yes. You seem to be busy. Yeah. You're busy and to be doing well and to be busying. Yes. Um, which is fab. But then it also means that you might start neglecting the real stuff. Yes. And I think I found that taking the reins as a writer and right. just thinking, this thing happened to me today. This misses how it made me feel. And you guys are going to read this. And that's that. Yeah. <laughs> so basically self-expression. Self-expression. Self above making your life look like it's going a certain way. Exactly. Because that means you're playing the game. You're playing it into a narrative. And that will always lead to you as the loser. <laughs> Well, that's tra the child agrees. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very, I think you're very, what you're saying is that's something that I kind of discovered after becoming a parent because yeah. when I wasn't, I could just be wholly selfish. So every day was about go and do this show, meet this person. Oh, I've met you. You're famous. I'll get a selfie with you. You know, yeah. I'm not working with you. You're not making me money. You might not like what I do, but I put a picture of me and this whoever online and it looks a certain way and it's all false. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So once. Once I had a once I had a baby, it was like I've got time for this. No I had time. To, I had to prioritize my time, yeah. and 
it meant, and I thought, was like, hold on a minute, I could disappear for a couple of weeks and not really share anything, and that no one misses me, and it doesn't affect my career in any way. And if anything, it's better for my creativity because I'm thinking about myself and yes, not like, competing with other people. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's the competition. You know, somebody might be doing something completely else, and the more you're thinking about what they're up to, yeah, your individual self is screaming, let me yeah, and it's hard, and all you want to actually do is just be happy for other people. Yeah. You know, there's a crabs in the bucket mentality oh, to yeah. being a creative. And, and what's the other one? It's the sunflower one. What's the other one? The the lobsters people. The say lobsters. The lobster effect. It's just oh, what like we're clawing yeah, away. Clawing away. Yeah. Don't get out. Yeah. But now it's like oh, I don't. You know, I don't have to be like that at all. I don't. No. I'm, just a, I'm a crab outside the bucket. Outside the bucket, out. honey. Yeah, I'm on the beach. Yeah, chilling out on the beach, yeah. Chilling out on the beach, baby. Yeah, there's plenty of room for us. So, let's go back to this good and bad uh, idea. It's all valid. Yeah, it's all valid. Are you basically saying that um, rather than dwell on th- negative things that people do, just accept some people aren't going to be on your page? Yeah, I just I just kind of see it. It's all, it's all a game. Yeah. I think... I think getting to the top of this game, and I think, uh, that might sound like I'm talking about the industry, but no, but the game, which is which is life. Yeah. Just getting to that point where nothing faces you. When a person is trying to make you feel a certain way, or they're trying to say something, and you just, I think now I'm at the point where I'm like, well, I've done my history. I've done my reading. Yeah. I, I know... I know about all my spiritual boundaries and I know why you're doing this. I'll be honest and with you, I'm going to stop you here. Because, um This is a young man who I've seen eating pasta with no sauce in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind me outing you? Out me, baby. Come on, good and the bad. You're good and bad. With such maturity. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> but people listening won't know this. I lived in a flat for a couple of weeks with Gavino and I always saw him as this just kind of hyper-intelligent polyglot. He speaks speak like five languages, like just very well put together. Um, and then I lived with him. The lasting memory I have of living with you is pasta and pants. Pasta and pants. And now you're teaching me about life again. What's happened in the last couple of years since that flat stay? Since that flat stay, what's happened? I finished university. Yeah, it's a big thing. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It's a big what did you study? Russian and Spanish. Congratulations, because I know you almost speak near, is it near fluent Russian now? No, I speak it. You speak it fluent? Yeah, I put, oh it, in, I put it in my filing cabinet. Oh, <laughs> it's in the filing cabinet. Let me open it. You go through languages like I go through men. Like, next. <laughs> next. <laughs> next. Next. Следующий, следующий, следующий. And you are now on German. It's now on German. Yeah. Love German. What do you get out of learning languages? Studying them. What do I get out of learning languages? Other than being able to speak. <laughs> um, I think satiation of my curiosity. Yes. Um, I think and an understanding of the world in a wider context of the monolingual experience we're given in school. Yes. Um, because what does monolingual mean? It means it's monocultural. Yes. Meaning that it's Brito, Brito, Anglo, whatever, focused. Yeah. Um, and no matter how much reading you do in this country, you're still going to be influenced in ways that you can't even imagine. Yes. Um, so I think learning German actually made me realise how I'd become so anti-German. And that was all through, you know, through the films I've watched, the education yeah. I've received, you know, the Germans did this, the Germans did that. Um, but then we're given this bombard of, of, of European history, yeah. the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, but then we're never given... I suppose, you know, aftercare. Yeah. We're never given aftercare. We're never shown how to 
love a country. Yeah. Um, how to love its people, how to humanize people. You're right. Yeah. I think you're right because where you're born is an accident of birth. Yeah. So in many ways, patriotism is irrational. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I love. Oh, I fell out of a vagina. Here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but like that's you could have fallen out anywhere. What you said about not learning not being given the aftercare is true because Germany is a really progressive country. Yeah. Okay, in terms of the way it deals with its past, uh, the way it teaches uh, about, obviously, World War Two, the way it, had, it accepted way more Syrians and refugees from the Middle East uh, than any other place in Europe, uh, the way it integrates people, or tries to, at least. That doesn't mean Germany's a perfect place. Like, mm. there's still far-right parties getting seats and it's still a conversation they're having, but far more aggressive than the UK, which is going through Brexit mm. um, and having all these awful things happening. Um, but you wouldn't know that or you got, if you were citizens of like the football chants and, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then, and of course, the politics, like German, most yeah. Germans are bilingual or most Germans who come from like the cities are bilingual. You go to Berlin, you can just speak English. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I found it really interesting that you traveled and stayed in Russia for a little while. Yeah. Um, at the time when everyone was saying, oh my gosh, you can't go to Russia. If you're gay in Russia, they're going to kill you. If you're black in Russia, they're going to kill, kill you. you. If you're black and gay, they're going to kill you twice. Yeah, it's, yeah. And, I think, and I think it's... Even if you think you're being liberal or supporting a left-wing cause, yeah, it's so complex. They've, yeah. they've played, they've set the rules so high, yeah. So that the complexity of it means that even if you think you're doing the right thing, you might just be playing into nationalist propaganda. Exactly, like you're looking at the government, but you're not looking at the people. Yeah. You know? And what happened in this country, in this city last week? Two women got their heads literally smashed in because they wouldn't kiss for two some teenage boys. Yeah. And it's like, but you want to criticize Russia, and there are things happening in Russia that are unacceptable. But there's also we're less likely to criticize what's happening closer to home. Absolutely, absolutely, and. For me, I saw that, and that really activated something in me. Yeah. It activated, like, well, here it is. It's life and death, guys. Right. I am, with all my friends who are allies or anybody I'm coming up in the, in the street, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not allowing you to say anymore. I'm not allowing yeah. you to say, I can't believe in 2019. No. What do you mean I can't believe in 2019? I'm not, I'm not allowing that anymore. Um, needs to open her eyes and realize this is exactly the world we live in. This is exactly this is the world we live in. And yeah. and I'm completely, you know, before I might, you know, I think I would have played into the narrative. I know I'm a victim, please. And I was addicted to people's pity, addicted yeah. to people's sympathy. But they weren't going to give it to me. They were going to give me crocodile tears, but then they'd return to their lives. Yeah. Where they see, you know, lovely Gavino smiling on Instagram. And they'd see me, oh, you look so gorgeous, so perfect, so fabulous. Yeah. But they have no idea about what I go through you know the, the battlefield I walk through when I go through London exactly it's like they're like you look beautiful but in order to do that that you, you pay a price because there's other people who don't think that yeah. and you saying it you have to also have to acknowledge there's other people who don't understand it yeah yeah. and it's, so it's not just a question of I look beautiful it's like what can I do to make sure you're, you're beautiful and safe yeah. You know, because you're part, even me, I'm part of a system that oppresses you. Because yeah. there's many things we have in common, but there's things we don't have in common. So it's like, am I, am I talking to my friends enough about them and their beliefs? Yeah. You know, am I fixing their attitudes? Yeah. Um, and the answer is probably not enough. Um, because we're, if, we were, if we were all doing it enough, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Right, let's talk about something more cheery. Yeah. Yeah, what are your plans for the rest of the day after this? Plans for the rest of the day. I'm only asking because you always do cool things every day. Hey, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go meet up with a friend actually because I left my shoes in can. <laughs> <laughs> I left. I left my shoes in can. Yeah. 
shoes in Cannes is the title of a great movie. I left my yeah. shoes in Cannes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I left my shoes in Cannes. So I'm gonna go pick those up. How did you leave them in Cannes? Well, I was staying in an Airbnb, another Airbnb story. Right. <laughs> in another festival. Okay. Um, but I left them there. And I, and I dashed, okay, I must dash. Like I'm Cinderella. Busy, busy morning. And then I left the little shoes there, exactly. And they do fit my feet. Uh, what size are you? Um, those shoes are a size eight. Oh, see, I'm like a seven and a half, because you wear great shoes. So, yes, there's, there's, there. so there was a, a, a nouvelle initiative. There's a new initiative for uh, young <laughs> lovers of cinema. Right, which you are, which I am. Yeah. So that young is. Young and a lover. Yeah, I'm a young man, a lover. I'm a, I'm a, lo- I'm a lover, not a fighter. So that's eighteen to twenty-eight. Um, and I just thought I'd really like to go to Cannes this year. I wonder how I do that. What's this? Oh, eighteen to twenty-eight. Apply, and you can come to Cannes. So I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, so just to stop you there, something to be said. Something to be said about I want to do this. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. And it's not the universe, it's not the secret, just doing it, getting on with it. So you applied for this nouvelle... Initiative. Initiative. <laughs> and you just basically had to give a little letter. You had to say why you love film so much, what you think can would do for you, um, you know, the influences it's had on you. And I said that basically watching a film uh, that um, won the, um, I think the Palme d'Or or Serpent Regard, in 2007. Okay. Uh, it was Persepolis. I watched that when I was 14 living in Wigan. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> it was on BBC4, before I knew what BBC4 was. Right. And there were all these kind of greats of the French, you know, of the French acting world, and it was a, it was a, it was a film about the Iranian Civil War. And that actually spurred me on to learn French. So from an early age, I was like, oh my God, what is this language? It's amazing. I, I want to have this. So I think from that point, I went forward and I sent that then Lettre de motivation. Okay. <laughs> and Can you translate that for my listeners? A letter of motivation. A letter of motivation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Basically... Cover letter. French is just English with like a bit of flair. Yeah. Because you just said letter of motivation, but you said letter de motivation. Oui, de motivation. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> and they've said, this is amazing. We'll take you from Wigan to Cannes. Yeah, we'll take you from went. Wigan to Cannes and I went. Okay. Yeah. What, what was the most outrageous thing that happened to you in Cannes? I mean, this was pretty hilarious. Okay. I was strutting through Cannes in this green poncho from 1968. Green poncho from 1968. Green poncho from okay. 1968. Um, I found it in Vintage Shop in Peckham. Okay. <laughs> in one of the As art- you do. Exactly. Yeah. And then the lady said, yeah, I think that was my mother-in-law's uh, wedding gift. That's a- well, all right then. And that might have been a great wedding gift in 68, but <laughs> no one was in a vintage store. <laughs> yeah, no one was in a vintage store. Whereas a, whereas a poncho was a two-piece. It's a poncho and a, and a pair of flares, a matching green material. So okay. pretty fab. You're strutting through can. The strutting through can. somebody's wedding present. Absolutely. <laughs> Here's the wedding gift. Open me. And I thought, well... This look obviously needs some red lipstick. So I go over to a police van, lean into the window and start applying my lipstick. <laughs> and then a policeman, a, a policier, comes around the corner and he's like frowning and then he looks at me and he starts grinning and he's like, oh, have you made du rouge à lèvres? You're putting on some lipstick. I said, yes, do you like the colour? <laughs> This is uh, so. This is you flirting with with the five O. Yeah, flirting yeah. with the five O baby. Flirting with the five O in Cannes. And did they, what did they say? 
He just responded with a smile. Really? He responded with There's a smile. There's more to the story. Did you leave, did you leave your shoes at the policeman's? <laughs> I'm dead. I'm... <laughs> Is that where you had to get your shoes from? Is this where the story ends? Well, we're gonna, that's it. You can't have the red without blue. <laughs> so, yeah, this is what I like about you. You're quite daring, but it's not even daring. It's just normal to you. Yeah. Because there's probably, there's probably loads of cars on that street. But you thought, you know what? I'll choose the police car. I'll choose the police yeah. car. You could, you could have chosen the Volkswagen, but no. I'll yeah. choose the police car. I'll use the police car. Okay. I mean, the best thing, walking down, walking down the street and seeing all these men. I mean, these men? Yeah. Their uniforms? Who picks them? I don't know. But somebody who likes... A certain kind of masculinity. They've got these little hats. These are the police officers. Yeah, these little side caps. And uh, these these um these bulging muscles, tanned right. tanned by the Mediterranean sun, these little shirts and when they're on the on the motorbikes they've got these little belts and then everything's just. You know the police up. officers, not strippers. I know, right? They sound like police officers. Proper, <laughs> that's the proper the proper deal. Anyway, I just walk past and say bonsoir, they turn around and lean out the put bonsoir. So there we go, queering of the festival. Well, well is that um <laughs> is that maybe their way of cutting down crime by just being sexy? <laughs> yeah, it's I think like, so. You know, someone's just about to commit a fraud or someone's just about to steal a mobile phone, then they see a police officer and get distracted because they're like, oh my gosh, I want your number. I want your yeah. number. What is it? Five oh that's that's fine, I'll take it. <laughs> Alright, so that so that worked out for you. What movies did you see in Cannes that you I enjoyed? think the biggest one I saw was um for me it was Ken Loach. Was Ken Loach film yeah, the Ken Loach film, yeah. Yeah. Um Sorry We Missed You. Yeah. Whew. Now that was a biggie. That's about the zero hours contracts. Yeah. yeah. And the yeah. delivery people. Because I've got a thing. A lot and the of working people, moms yeah. who are working as nurses and yeah. About, you know, white working class misery in this country. It's really sad. So a lot of people, when they ask for something to be delivered, a package, yes. and the package is left in the wee bin or somewhere, they'll go on Twitter and they'll be like, this guy was an idiot. And But I always, I don't do that because I get the feeling that these individuals mm. are like very low paid yeah. and it's almost like they're just incredibly overworked. And whilst I don't want my toaster in the bin, <laughs> like it does annoy me, I think there's probably more to it than yeah. a bunch of people who don't care about your stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm really interested to watch this movie because I, the, I think the whole world of delivering parcels in this internet shopping age yeah. is kind of like, I won't go so far to say modern slavery, but there's a huge amount of exp- exploitation, I think. Absolutely, honey. It, c- it carries on going, carries on going. You know, my my grandma's from St. Helens. Yes. So, you know, she's a working class girl from, from there. You know, they kind of family couldn't even afford shoes right. in the 1930s yeah and you know they lived in they, you know that, that was mining country yeah and you know this it's it just continues the exploitation of of working class people it just has a different face yeah it just has a different face from, from 2019 so thank god ken loach made that film Because not everyone will know this. Yeah. So you're mixed race. You're half Kenyan, half English. Yeah. Your English family are also half Welsh too. Yeah. So just let, break down your family for me. Break it down. It's, you're more diverse than me. I'm actually a bit annoyed by that. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, the diversity of my family. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm, I'm going to explain it in ways that only a British person can understand. Right. By the class system. Yeah. Um, so my grandma's working class lady from St. Helens. Okay. Um, she married a Welshman. Okay. Um, Converted to Catholicism, they moved to a place called the Wirral. Yeah. And they lived in a 30 semi detached house. And if we look at, um, 
a lady like Hyacinth Bouquet, we could probably find quite a nice analogue with that. Right, okay. <laughs> so they did well for themselves, working class. Yeah. Then they got themselves toilet yeah. roll holders. Absolutely. And toilet roll covers. Absolutely. And neck curtains. Living the 50s dream. Yeah, good for them. Living the British dream. Okay. Um, and then... And this is on your dad's side of the family. This is on my dad's side of yeah. the family. So then my dad, in the late 80s, went to Kenya. Uh, and his friend, my uncle... They went to grammar school together. Right. My uncle met my auntie and then my uncle invited my dad to go to Kenya to meet her sister, my mum. Right. So then she came over to Birkenhead in 1990. Uh, they got married in 92, divorced in 96, but I was born in 94. So two years, two years. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think my dad, he would take me to, so my dad's a hippie. Right. A hippie of the 70s. So he'd take me to these hippie camps when I was a kid in Wales and I'd run around in wellies, being streams and pebbles and all this stuff. So I was at the, at the same time I was living in England. So growing up in Birkenhead and living in, in Wigan. Right. But then always going to Wales, it would it would be it'd be something else. So you recently went back to Wales. Yeah. And after a long time. For a while. Yeah. yeah. And did it feel like going home? Totally like going home. Do, do you find it more relatable being with Welsh people than English people? In many ways, yeah. In many ways, yeah. Why do you think that is? I think just having pride in, in, in being a Celt. Yes. I think going there and speaking to these Welsh people who from like mid-Wales, North Wales, you know, they were teaching me words in Welsh and, <laughs> and I was just like, hold on, I'm in England, but a place where people, where everyone says it's a monolingual country, but... I'm having an experience, a language learning experience yeah. on the British Isles and Wales. This is amazing. Yeah, you don't. It's, it's actually amazing that we go to schools and in, in England and we don't learn any Gaelic or any Welsh at all. At all. Not even to the point where the pronunciation of kind of yeah, that we should have that at least. It's alien to me. We had a bit at of, least. I'm pretty sure you were trying hard not to laugh. At the pronunciation <laughs> of Mechanlef. Mechanlef. And I know that. This is the place I go to every year. <laughs> because there's a big comedy festival there. Yeah. And You got it. Oh, I got it. You got it. Machamfle. Yeah. Um, and the, the the double L is like a vampire's hiss. So it's. Machamfle. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it's amazing. We don't even. Just the the lack of respect the UK has for the home nation. And it's historical. And it's yeah. historical. And it's historical. And and I'm glad you put you brought that up as well because I hadn't considered that. But speaking to um, a lovely man that I met. A lovely man. A lovely that man that I met. Is this, is this too blue for the podcast? Or can we, can we, oh, can we go? I am incredibly where did you, embarrassed. Where, where did you meet him? Um, I met him in a, in a festival, folk okay. festival in um, Mid Wales, near Aberystwyth. Okay. And he happens to be a lovely Welshman. Of course. And... Yeah, I remember he said something to me. Look at the smile I, on your face. No, I'm so, I'm so enthralled. <laughs> You're a mixed race and we see you blush. I know, honey. <laughs> um, so I remember we were sat in, we were sat in the sauna because he was in charge of the, the sauna. The sauna? The sauna. You found the man who's in charge of the sauna. Absolutely. You have to pick him, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got the keys. We just, we just, we Lock just, that door. we just, we just sit there in that, in that, in that heat and that, in the darkness, what just watching it. What kind of festival has a sauna? What kind of festival has a yeah. sauna? Where are you, where are you spending your weekends? In the best of places. <laughs> <laughs> well, the sauna, there were a lot of naked bodies, but yeah. it's all very wholesome. 
oh, it's show, and that's how you're supposed to be in a sauna. Yeah. You're not supposed to wear clothes in, in, in sauna, but obviously English people are kind of uptight. Yeah. You know, we're not that into like the naked body yeah. just existing. Yeah, but the Celts, the Celts, we do what the hell we want. I like the fact you've adopted this Celtic identity because sometimes it can be hard being in England, yeah. being, knowing all the things that were done in the name of Englishness, yeah. and knowing that you're somehow of England. The, the history of English people is basically to oppress people that look like us. Yeah. And on a day-to-day basis, even things happen, either, and they're small things, but they're things that happen to remind you of these things. Absolutely. And it's nice to know 90 miles up the M4, yeah. you can be somewhere where you can just be a bit freer. You could be a bit freer. And, and I had, and I had you know, a friend dad of a friend and I explained to him you know some I speak to other you know, I speak to Scottish people Irish people and I explained to them that I'm Celtic they said no you're not, you're not Celtic at all you're, you're, and, and then he said what is that and he said and he explained the whole thing and he and he said but you know what you are a bloody Celt right you forget it and like having a man you could say he's a white man turning to me and he says no you are part of the family you're a bloody Celt yeah. don't you forget it and then actually we can have that because we have had that shared oppressive history of yeah. Englishness. That of shared Englishness. otherness. Yeah, the shared yeah. otherness. And actually, that's that was a big moment for me. That's when it kind of... That was a big moment of healing because then it took away the, you know, the, the, the the thing that has... Another thing has been imposed on us, which is the whiteness and the yes. blackness thing. Yeah. When actually, that was the thing that happened afterwards. They'd been... They'd been oppressing the Celts even before they were oppressing. It's such an important point. The concept of whiteness is a modern concept. It changes yeah. constantly and yeah. it can be dismantled. So when we talk about white oppression or white supremacy, we're really talking about white Western European Christian yeah. um, Christian kind of supremacy. But like you're right, the Irish people have been victims of white supremacy. Welsh people have been victims of white supremacy. Yeah. Scottish people have been victims of white supremacy. Because they, because you know, because... That's that's all whiteness is. It's just well, we have the benchmark, and you are you aren't it. So yeah. they had, you know, they had, they had, you know, illustrations of how the Irish were subhuman, and then they just thought, okay, well, this works for us now. We've got a new sub- subhuman race, and maybe the Irish can come along with us so that we can still manipulate. So it all goes on. It's so very, 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 very deep. Yeah. But there's a lot of there's a lot of secrets, and there's a lot of um, answers that can be found when we return to our little spiritual homeland. Yeah, and that's what happened when you in when yeah. you that sauna. In yeah, Wales. You absolutely. Found, you found a bit more of your roots. The fear of, I think I had a fear when I came to London, if I talked about my Celticness, yeah. I'd be in some way denying my blackness. Yeah. When actually, I've, I'm, I'm absolutely everything. Everything that I have in my body, in my blood, in my history, in my experience, it's all valid, it's all mine. Yeah, and there's more consistency with your African identity and Celtic identity than there is with an English identity or anything else. Yeah, and they've been trading for a thousand years. Exactly. The Africans and the Celts have been... In context for a thousand years. Exactly. It, the modernity is new to white English people. Yeah. You know, the Celts are washing before white English people. <laughs> yeah. So to speak. Okay, so um, that's nice. And I think Wales is beautiful. I love going to Wales. Like I said, we don't learn enough about the British Isles in the UK. We learn about World War II. It's like you said earlier, it's all about stereotypes. Yeah. It's all about learning who not to like. Who not to like, um, exactly. And I mean, we learn French. Yeah. We may learn Spanish in at A-level. Yeah. But then again, we are learning the the languages of the colonial powers. Exactly. It's to preserve. Yeah. It's to preserve yeah. whatever it was they were trying to construct all those years ago. Exactly. They were invading all these other countries. Exactly. So, you know what? You've inspired me. I'm going to get Duolingo for Welsh if it exists.
to you about an encounter you had with a police officer that I'm yeah. aware of. Mm. Um, and I know I'm, I'm aware of it because you put it up on social media. Yeah. Can you talk about what preempted that encounter, if you don't mind? Well, leaving my friend's house um, in Walthamstow. Uh, I walked down the street and then something that happened to me, which happens several times a day, has happened thousands of times since I've been living in London. Right. There was a man in a car. This is a man of Caribbean descent. Yeah. And he was hostile to me, openly hostile to me. And this is just something that I have learned to do with. You know, this abuse, daily abuse carries on. It's just how I deal with it internally. Right. So... One way of empowering myself is when people look at me like that, I disarm them. Yeah. By showing them not just my own humanity, but their humanity as well. Right. So he was sneering at me. He was in this car. I had raster colors in. And then he was... And then I turned to him and I said, good evening. And he told me to fuck off. So I thought, well, here we go. The homophobia continues. I can't believe this is happening in 2019. (laughs) In the year of our Lord, 2019. No, I'm not going to let you get away with this. So I said... You have a good evening. You deserve it. And I meant every single word. And then he said, fuck off. So then I carried on walking down the street and I felt like this man still had my power. How do I get my power back and shrink him down? Hmm. Got it. I turn around. I say to him, hello there, sir. You understand that you just committed a hate crime. I've now taken a note of your registration plate. I'm taking a picture of your face and the registration plate. I'm going to report you to the police. Thank you very much. This man looked down. He was pretending to be on a telephone conversation. He made no peep after that. What a small man. (laughs) You've got mouth until you realise that your registration number is on your car and you can be identified and dealt with. Yeah. All right. So what happened after that? Called the police. And I actually visited um, an LGBT charity that deals with this. So I got... I got clued up on the law. I got clued up on, you know, the complicity in the police. And I was ready for it. Right. So I got on the phone and I said, hello, I just experienced a hate crime. Okay, what happened? Well, I'm just, I just um, received, you know, homophobic abuse from a person. How do you know it's homophobic? <laughs> Hang up. Call again. Let's try. Okay. So this lady this time, she did the, oh my God, I'm so sorry. How uh, this happened today? Yeah, and it happens every single day. <gasps> And her, her whole world has collapsed and it's like, yeah, I'm not interested. Can we actually just deal with this? Like, yeah. your pity it's is true. They, someone they, else. They, they think their shock is soothing. Yeah. And it's not soothing. It's not. Even, but even I'm like, even even me, I am I am shocked to hear it happens every day. Mm. Mainly because you've got beautiful skin. It doesn't show. <laughs> <laughs> the stress doesn't show. You know? <laughs> I have this baby every day. It's showing on me. No, you don't know? you dare. <laughs> you're glowing. But... It, but even though, but even though it's shocking to me, I've got to move on. Do you know what I mean? It's not shocking to you. It happens to you. Yeah. Okay, so this person gives it all that. Gives oh my all gosh. Oh my gosh. gosh. Oh my can, gosh. Okay, police station tomorrow. Can we? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, fine. Walking to the police station and I'm thinking, hmm, how do I start this conversation? Well, my mascara needs doing. So I take <laughs> out my compacts and I'm just doing my mascara as I'm waiting in the, um, in the window of the uh, police booth. In Tottenham Police Station. (laughs) Absolutely. This is it. Bang, bang. Beat this face. Beat this face. And she comes out and she starts doing this like, oh, 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 oh. I think she was like, she wants to let her, yes. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. She's seen RuPaul. Yeah, Yeah. she's seen RuPaul. So I turned to her. This is a black Caribbean woman. And I turned to her and I say, hello there. Hi. Let's get to business. Yeah. 
And um, we start talking, explaining the hate crime, and she's like, oh, oh, yeah, done, next. So then she says, oh, let me bring out one of my officers, love. Oh, do you need to charge your phone? Let me do that for you now. So it's like, okay, I can kind of trust her. Maybe she's, hmm. So then she goes off and charges the phone. And then this guy comes out. He's a... He's a handsome guy, he's muscly, he's Turkish descent, and he comes out, and I'm like, okay, let's see what happens now. Right. So I explained to him what happened, I explained to him, and I start off because I think, no, I'm going to show off how I'm empowering myself. This is a good thing. I explain that I turn to this man when he's sneering at me mm. and trying to dehumanize me non-verbally, and I said to him, good evening. And then this man interrupts me and says, well, straight away, you provoked it. He tells me. You provoked it by yeah. smiling at your oppressor. Yeah. Yeah. By smiling at my oppressor. Uh, you provoked it. You know what? People say fuck off all the time. Maybe he was just in a bad mood. Maybe he just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. He has the right to say fuck off. <laughs> this is the thing that the man says. And this is me. a police officer. Who, this is the police officer. Who is supposed to protect us yeah. from people like this. But he. Yeah, I mean, it's doesn't nothing needs to be said, does it? You say good evening to someone, and they tell you to fuck off. You're in the, you're in the wrong for saying good evening. Yeah. And you're, put, you're doing your mascara. The chances are, it's because you're homophobic. They've seen you do your makeup in the police station. In the, the police station. Are, if someone's always to fuck off, it's not because it's a Tuesday. Yeah, it's not because no, it's a Tuesday, it's and they wish it were a Friday. Yeah. I wish it were a Sunday. <laughs> anyway. It's not like you wear, like, you wear red Revlon. It's clearly... <laughs> Lipstick. It's not, there's no nudes on you. No. I've never seen a nude colour on you in my life. That's, that's clearly makeup. It's clearly right. makeup. If someone says to fuck up, it's 100% because they're homophobic. Right, right. So I think maybe this man was colour blind. Maybe he thought the red Revlon was, was nude. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> so you know, I just, I'm just straight up. I'm just straight up with him. I say, um, excuse me, you're a handsome straight man, and I don't think you've lived my experience. Well, just, just because I'm a different, maybe perhaps sexuality. Look, oh, you know, yeah. look. I'm very, I'm deeply disappointed in both of you, okay? Um, it's quite clear to me that the Met has um, severe flaws, and we've known this for decades. It's no surprise, is it? Now, 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 before we do that face, you have shown me that um, there's a severe lacking in your training. You have a severe lacking in your knowledge of the way that society works. Yeah. And then this, and then the black woman was kind of, oh, I'm outraged, I'm outraged. I'm just like, next, next. Keep your outrage for actually when it's needed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth here. Um, and she said to me, well, look, look, you could have been the bigger person, she you says to me. So just to be clear, a police officer saw you who was abused and they said to you, you should be bigger than your abuser. Yeah. I mean, this is outrageous. Outrageous. <laughs> outrageous. You should be the bigger person. You should person. do your job. <laughs> you should do your job. You should be the bigger person and do what you get paid to yeah. do. But listen, listen, listen. If I was walking through a group full of white people, yeah, and then one of them called me the N-word, then what would I would have done? I would have been the bigger person, and I would have just walked on by, yeah, and they could have killed you. That's kind <laughs> of what I'd expect of a black of a black person that joins the police force. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that kind of that kind of well, I'd get over it. Why don't you get over it? Yeah, it's like because we understand history and we we want the world to be a better place, and that means people have to do better. Yeah, and people don't do better by us being bigger than them. People do better by us um, just 
facing them and saying to their faces, you're wrong. You're wrong. Not, you and that's what, what I say did. Say what you like and I'm just going to let you get away with it. Yeah. How does, how does the world I know, get right? a, a, a little bit better? And it's and it's such a superficial understanding of things. Yeah. I said to them, what, and just allow myself to be disemboweled and victimised for the rest of my day, maybe the rest of my life? Yeah. Uh-uh, no time for that. And how much rising above are we supposed to do? We're supposed to end up in space. Yes. <laughs> We'll be on the moon if we'll we rise above stuff any further. So what happened? They just closed. I imagine they just closed the case. They said there's no crime here. He said there's no crime here, and she agreed with him. And I think the initial, the initial, she was initially impressed by my courage. Yeah. Um, when I said good evening to him, and obviously that is a very elegant way of dealing with that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and she was she was initially impressed. Yeah. But then you just saw how quickly she just drank the cup of, of the Matrix and just fell back you into it. You weren't humble enough. I wasn't hum- you weren't humble enough or grateful enough. I wasn't grateful yeah. enough to even be on this planet. <laughs> yes, I mean, so just so you know, guys, if you want to lean out of your car and shout abuse at gay people, it's not a crime. It's according not a crime. To, according to these people in, was it Tottenham Police Station? Tottenham it? Police Station. It wasn't a crime. Did you know the, the police force is the one, one of the one jobs you can do with no qualifications? Oh, really? These are the individuals that are supposed to uphold the law they're supposed to keep us safe. They're supposed to stop criminality. Yeah. You know, we rely on these people. And to be a police officer, to have authority, to be given tasers, a baton, a uniform. It's life and it's life you or death. Know, you it's don't as simple need to as be that. able to spell, let alone be able to read. So yeah. You obviously haven't even read Fanon or like yeah. anything like that. You can't, you can't, you don't need to be able to string a sentence together to become a police officer. So I'm not even surprised that they, they, they spoke to you in this way. Yeah. Um, and I said to them before I left, you know, I think you're both of you are good people. Doesn't mean I'm not disappointed in you. Thank you so much. Can I have my phone from charge now? We <laughs> <laughs> should got a charge. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I want to be respected for not just my great taste in lipstick, but yeah. also my intelligence and kindness. Uh, well, I already do that, but unfortunately, um, <laughs> we've got enough. <laughs> I don't think, oh, Fina respects me. That's my life goal sorted. <laughs> Probably not enough. I was, look, but I've seen, oh, I've seen you eat cut price liver. Yeah, cut price <laughs> liver, baby. So it's like, I've seen, no, I know what you mean. You want to be yourself, but you want people to like you, not because they see you as a novelty. Because yeah. you're not a novelty. Yeah. Um, so I get that. What, what else? What, what else? In, in 20 years time, what are you, what are you looking at in your life that you think I'm, I've, I'm, I've achieved this? <sighs> you know, I think, I'm just understanding that success, really, success is just the, it's just the, the product of you having put your individual self out there and what you know you're good at, you know, what you're, you, you know you're good at, what you're washing, what you're working on, what you're passionate about. If that can get you recognition as a creative person, then well done, you're winning. Professional recognition. Professional recognition yeah. for something I'm proud of. Um, and whatever that looks like, cool. But I think probably my dream is, you know, the ability to have an open heart and continue to meet amazing friends that I'm doing right now whilst also being professionally successful and having a house to put all my things. I think that's nice. I think, <laughs> I think uh, those are very admirable dreams, understandable dreams. And actually, you're not that far away. Yeah. Especially with the meeting people. You're always meeting people. 
And I won't talk too much about this, but I'm t- everybody, you've got to see this document, this short documentary of Gavino and Wendy's yeah. aunties. Because um, I'm not just, I'm, well, am I your auntie? I'm not your auntie. You're my big sis. I'm your big sis. That's, that's better than auntie, but you have an auntie. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to put a link to this video maybe with the podcast. Yeah. You've got to watch Gavino and this auntie. Queen of I, Ghana. I want this woman to be my auntie. Now, I need her in my life. Come, come meet her. <laughs> she's, she's, she, she can't wait to cook your um, chicken and fish with orange sauce and all the good stuff. Oh my gosh, okay. Gavino, I'm highly confident everyone who's listened to this has fallen in love with you um, <laughs> and wants to join you on your journey. Um, how can people stay in touch with you? Um, well, you can literally link up with me on all my socials. All my socials. All my socials. Well, my uh, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. I've actually figured out what Twitter's all about now. Have you? I yeah. have. I know, actually, I it took me some time. Because there's a lot of black power shit on there. Absolutely. At the moment. I, spread, I, spread your experiences. Spread it, baby. And, I, and document your experiences. As well, so people can stop saying 2019. Yeah, so Gavino Divino is my Twitter, my Instagram, and I've got my GavinoDivino.com. Um, and it's a new blog too, you're right. Uh, yeah. Wonderful things about. Man, I could have you here for like seven episodes art, history, culture, language, everything. Not cooking though. Not cooking though, no. not yet, not yet. So, I was at my friend's house yesterday, it said, Thesaurus, I'm cooking terms. I thought, I, uh, I'm learning German right now. I'll get onto that one leave, soon. Leave something for me. Uh, <laughs> leave, leave something on this planet for me to be an expert in the internet. <laughs> you know, it's been so much fun having you. I should note that you didn't take any fried plantain from me. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm very I just, upset. I am an I just, I just wanted, I just wanted a hole to, 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 to grow in my stomach so I can re- appreciate it even more. Oh, good, because you're not supposed to decline food from Indian mothers. <laughs> We're, high, we, we're highly sensitive to things like that. So we're about to fry some plantain. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And I'm going to be screaming, yeah, until next week. <laughs> yeah, thank you for coming. I really enjoyed this. Love you. Thank you. <laughs>So that is the realness that happened when Gavino Davino came to keep my company. We got through a lot. We got through hate crimes, the ever-changing definition of whiteness, and meeting guys who work in saunas. Um, thank you for your company. I hope you enjoyed it. Follow, like, subscribe, do whatever it is you normally do if you enjoy a podcast, and I'll see you next time.